Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first episode in the Accelerating Your Digital Journey and Commercial Lines Underwriting Podcast Series, hosted on Property Casualty 360 and sponsored by Verisk. I'm Jeffrey Metz. In this episode, we join Ron Biederman, Vice President of Commercial Lines Coverage Products at Verisk, in discussion with Nikki Howell on what the turn to data first strategies means for underwriting decision making as well as the human underwriter. Let's join them. Ron, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good, Nikki, and happy to be here. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and dive right into questions. And the first thing I wanted to start with is what specific areas of commercial lines underwriting are really leading the way in data-first strategies? Sure. So from my perspective, I think it's pretty clear that small commercial is the area that's furthest along in the journey of data-first strategy. So when we talk to a lot of small commercial insurers. They seem to be leading the way, uh, really focused on digital transformation. And we like to refer to it as the race to zero, which is really the, the goal of reducing the number of underwriting questions to zero. So this way they can write as many risks as possible as quickly as they can without having to worry about um, really getting all of the information. It can be pre-filled for them. So with... Questions like a business name and address, getting as much information returned to them that will allow them to straight through process that risk. Carriers in this space, they really want to write as much business as possible. So declining risks isn't the goal. It's really making sure that they have the right pricing and the appropriate flow to their systems. So speed and scale are really the the top areas of focus for them. When we think about the race to zero in small commercial and and how insurers are looking to to do that, it's really by automating classification of small business risks, uh, help reduce premium leakage and retention risk, finding ways to eliminate underwriting questions at the point of quote, uh, applying analytics that highlight premium and claims driving exposures, increasing the throughput and straight through processing, which allows them to free up underwriting talent to focus on the more complex risks and also improving their market position as an insurer or managing general agent of choice. The easier it is for them to do, for agents to do business with them, uh, the more business that they're going to place. From a commercial property standpoint, commercial Buildings have been underwritten using data for many years, so there's there's really nothing new there. I think what we're starting to see in commercial property is more of a trend recently of insurers putting a renewed focus on loss control. Uh, they're, they're really starting to uh, look for more data on the buildings, more comprehensive data, and really putting that extra focus on loss control. And with inflation and supply chain issues, insurance to value data is also becoming more valuable. So for insurers, it's understanding the replacement cost of a building. Are their tools updated frequently enough to reflect the changing market conditions? So for example, the prices of lumber have changed dramatically since the start of the pandemic, making the reconstruction costs much higher than they had been in the past. So making sure that this updated data is incorporated into their new business and renewal underwriting is certainly critical. One of the other areas is commercial auto. So 
many of you know, commercial auto is one of the more challenging lines to write from a profitability standpoint. And as a result, insurers are constantly looking for ways to lower their loss ratios and expense ratios. And here's where employing a data-first strategy can certainly help. For example, many commercial auto insurers order MVRs, motor vehicle reports, on just about all drivers, which can be a significant expense for them. But what if there was data available that could let insurers know when not to order an MVR? Could there be an indicator that shows that the driver has a clean record and and there are options out there? If 40% of a carrier's book has clean drivers, then this could result in significant expense savings for them. So while insurers using data isn't new, the way that they're using data and how they're incorporating data into their underwriting strategies and technology decisions is definitely changing. All right. And then um, I also just wanted to ask you about the most significant challenges around data from a commercial underwriting perspective. Sure. So I I think really the biggest challenge is that there's so much data out there now, uh, various different data sources. There's unstructured data, public data, images, web scraping, and it's really understanding the best and most appropriate ways to use that data. There's definitely a lot of data noise out there. And you know you need to make sure that you're extracting the full value of the data and being able to separate what's relevant for your specific purpose. So for example, if your intent is to use the data for pricing purposes, you need to make sure that the data you're getting allows you to quickly answer those rating questions rather than trying to sift through information that isn't relevant. Now, it's, it's one thing to know if a landscaper is a limited liability company or they have the appropriate environmental licenses for the chemicals that they're using, which may be very impactful for underwriting purposes. And this information may be relatively easy to find publicly, but it really has no impact on the rating, which is you know, why you're asking the, the questions and looking for the data in the first place. So rather for rating purposes, An insurer may need to know if the risk is doing any excavating work or if they're performing work outside the territories where the policy was written. Information that's not always publicly available and not always easy to find without web scraping, text mining, or through image analytics. So it's really critical to make sure that you're quickly getting the answers to the questions that that you're asking. And one other challenge I would add is that these are big projects um, started to employ a data first strategy and, and really increasing the, the use of your data in your underwriting. So my advice would be not to boil the ocean and, and maybe take a look at certain lines of business um, first before trying to, to say, I'm going to change my entire underwriting process for all lines. Maybe start with small commercial Uh, Maybe start with new policies, and then as you start to integrate the process more, start using the data, start feeling comfortable with the data, expanding the use of the data outside of that, and then maybe bring it into uh, renewal business and maybe some other lines of business as well. All right, great. And then, so do you think it's fair as as we're looking at kind of... um, going this direction is is it fair to say that maybe it's a good approach to to start 
small. That way you can figure out where these challenges lie and um, kind of take it from there. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely agree with that. I think picking a line of business or maybe even within a, a particular line of business, picking a segment that you want to focus on and making sure that you have the infrastructure down, making sure that you have a strong comfort with the data that you're using certainly makes sense instead of trying to, uh, to boil the ocean and tackle it all at once. All right, great. And then I know that you touched on this already, but how important data quality is. Can you tell me a little bit about how it plays a role in premium leakage? And then what are the variables across data sources with respect to the accuracy of information? Yeah, sure. When, When I think about small commercial in particular, misclassification is a major issue. So classifying risks wrong. Uh, in a study we did, Verisk actually found that misclassifications translate to several billion dollars of first-year premium leakage on policies. And over four years, that leakage number climbs to over $20 billion in business owners' premium alone, which can potentially be much higher if you're including other lines of business like workers' compensation and GL. Risk profiles may also change during the policy period especially during challenging economic times like we've had recently. For example, you may have a risk that was appropriately classified at the beginning of a policy period, let's say as a a handy person, but he or she begins taking on larger jobs, including some roofing work during the policy period. Well, roofing work may be expressly excluded from policies or may violate a company's underwriting procedures or have a significant uh, upcharge in rating. Traditional data sources may not capture this change in exposure, but by leveraging machine learning to text mine online reviews and image analytics, these hidden exposures could be captured. At Veris, we've recently partnered with Yelp and now have access to over 200 million reviews and millions of photos, which allows us to provide insurers with a more holistic assessment of business and catch some of those hidden exposures that I was just uh, talking about, which lead to not just premium leakage, but also, uh, you know, potential violations of, uh, of a company's underwriting guidelines and procedures. And another issue that I mentioned earlier around there being a lot of data sources available for insurers to use, it's making sure that that data is complete and reliable. You, know, you, could, you could probably make the argument that using unreliable and incomplete data could actually worsen the problem that it's intended to solve and, and have some, some unintended uh, consequences in your, in your book and lead to, uh, to some challenges when it comes to renewal time. All right. Those are good points. And then I also wanted to get into hurdles a little bit. So what have you seen as the greatest hurdles as insurance companies are really looking to expand their use of data and adopt new digital technologies? Sure. I think one of the biggest hurdles, and this may not be much of a surprise, is legacy systems. So legacy systems integrations and understanding the impact that the data will have across the organization is is one of the biggest hurdles. I think what we're seeing is there's a general buy-in and a general understanding throughout the industry and throughout you know all of the organizations that data is needed. You need to employ a, a data first strategy. And I think that's 
certainly um, been even more relevant over the past year with digitization being accelerated by the pandemic. But the scope of that can be very intimidating, particularly when legacy systems are involved. Now, while you know, a, a, a vendor may be out there saying, hey, you could access this data just quickly through an API call. Well, that may not be a, a, a simple uh, task for some companies based on their legacy systems. And, you know, if this leads to an overhaul um, in, in their legacy systems, that, that could be a, a scary proposition at times for companies. So they really need to start thinking differently um, about underwriting and its processes in order to really make this shift to a uh, to a data first strategy, so one of the things that that insurers can look to do is to, you know, as we also mentioned before, don't boil the ocean. Start with one market, take uh, take small commercial, and just say you're gonna you're gonna roll this out for new business, uh, and then take those quick wins. And, and you have success in rolling it out for small commercial and new business. Well, then maybe you go on to renewals and then you, you expand to, uh, to other lines of business. And, and some of what's going to drive this is confidence from the underwriters. That's really one of the, the biggest keys is you need to prove to the underwriting team that they can rely on the data. I think, you know, everyone has been using data. All underwriters have used data in their jobs for years. But it's, it's using data in different ways and still having the confidence that this data is accurate and that they can trust the data. Now, we've seen data driving initiatives flounder because underwriters learned early on that they could not trust the data that they were receiving. And then lastly, I would say that it, it's, it's an organizational buy-in that you know, oftentimes it's the, the CEOs that see the need uh, for this data, but then it's also getting the, the CTOs on board and making sure that IT budgets uh, reflect the changes that are going to be needed and resource deployment is in line with the, uh, the rollout goals of the, the business units. So broadcasting the long-term benefits across a carrier's internal workflow from submission to buying to issuance can help keep the support strong. And, and if you you have the, uh, the buy-in from the CUO, the CTO, there's budget in the IT area, that certainly helps to, to make sure that these data initiatives move more quickly. All right. Excellent. And I love that you talk about legacy systems in there because I'm sure that can be a huge hurdle. Um, now, the thing that I know you talked before about underwriters and how you really have to build that trust with them. I just want to ask, with everything moving in the direction that it's moving, is there still room for humans in the world of underwriting? Boy, I really hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think there is. I think there's always going to be room for humans. You, know, you, you do read a lot of articles today about hundred percent straight through processing, especially in small commercial and no touch and bots handling claims. I think we're a ways away from that from an underwriting standpoint. And I think, you know, there's always going to be a need for underwriters for the, the more complex risks. 
I think what the goal is, instead of thinking about, is there room for humans in the world of underwriting? It's how can we make underwriters more efficient and allow them to focus on the more technical aspects of their role and to do the job of an underwriter that they were hired for, rather than have them spending half of their day searching websites and validating information that could otherwise be pre-filled with great accuracy and great speed. So I think it's injecting more data into the process is going to allow underwriters to do what they were hired to do. And and that is actually apply the technical knowledge and underwriting uh, to the process. Great. And that, and that makes their job easier, I'm sure as well. Uh, it, it certainly should. And I'm sure it'll make them happier too. Great. Well, Ron, thank you so much for your insights on this topic. This is um, this has been great. That concludes this episode of the Accelerating Your Digital Journey and Commercial Lines Underwriting podcast series hosted on Property Casualty 360 and sponsored by Verisk. I'm Jeffrey Metz. Thanks for listening. For the latest news and insights on the property and casualty insurance industry and other episodes in this series, go to www.propertycasualty360.com.